Hey, what's going on, everyone? Um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the God, Guns, and Family podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we had some technical issues towards the second half of, uh, of this episode. I'm not sure what it was, um, but the sound quality is kind of trash. So um, I apologize for that. Um, you can still hear it. It doesn't sound too terrible. It's just not as clear as it should be. Um, this also uh, episode is a little more like, slightly explicit, I guess you could say. Um, so if you have little ones, probably not the best one for them to listen to. And I um, hope you guys enjoy. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. Bye. Yes, we're progressing this recording. That's what we're doing right now. It's in progress. <clears throat> so, um, what's up, everybody? What's up? Yeah, it's, it's been a minute with some life stuff happening, keeping us from the podcast for, for a stretch of time. But uh, I did bring get... my stuff to the Bahamas, and then we just never did it. So. Did I know? <laughs> hey, thanks for bringing it to the Bahamas, bro. Hey, I felt bad like interrupting your your family vacay for some podcast action, bro. So it's only like an hour. I know, but I know, bro. But yeah, that's we went time to sleep hella early, like every single day too. It was like <laughs> you you old manned it. Yeah, it got like super dark at like five thirty, and we're just like, man, we're just, just gonna go to sleep. Man. Just crash out early, yeah, dude. That's the way it's supposed to be. Let me. Um, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. When you decided to stop drinking, what? Yeah. What was like your? I know a lot of people struggle with it a lot. Yeah. Stop. It's impacting their health. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to someone who's having, let's say, with alcohol, for example? Yeah. Dude, so alcohol is a hard one, dude, because um, it's so socially acceptable. It's everywhere. You can't watch TV without seeing some sort of, you know, whether it's a beer advertisement, a liquor advertisement or something, but uh, um, it's everywhere. But for me, what I would tell people that were trying to make lifestyle changes and staying away from, from alcohol um, or even drugs for that matter, the first year of sobriety is a very... Um, it's a very selfish year where you have to give yourself the amount of time to rewire the neural pathways in your head. Like for me, I had to entirely change everybody that I was hanging out with because um, I tried to do the whole sobriety, but hang out with the same people. And it was, I was clean 74 days and I was hanging out with the same people doing the same things, just trying not to do it. And I started drinking again because I was at a house mm. party. It was my buddies. And it was like, I don't, I don't have, the luxury of social drinking. It's like, once I start drinking, it's like to be blacked out drunk. And that just starts a chain reaction of then it's going to drink tomorrow and the day after and da, 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 all the way down. But um, for me, I would say who you're hanging out with is a great indicator of how well that um, you're going to be able to weather the lifestyle changes of not drinking. So if your best buds want to meet you at the bar every day or drink at home, you're going to have to limit the amount of time you're hanging out with them, or if you're hanging out with them, doing it like at a, Hey, let's go get coffee or Hey, you know what I mean? Like really managing the environment in which, uh, 
you find yourself. Um, so for me, I would suggest, um, find and those friends that, you know, have been lifelong that drink will understand if you're, you know, making the changes to not drink and the dudes that really have your back aren't going to be the ones pressuring you. They're not going to be, you know, nudging you and encouraging and like, Hey, why don't you just drink drink, Mm. to drink? Yeah. So they won't be encouraging the drinking. They'll be encouraging the sobriety. So if you find yourself having that conversation with your best bud and that dude keeps pushing you to drink, does he really have your back? Does he really have your best interest? No, because you voice, this is a problem. This is a concern that I have. I want to make changes in the correct direction. A, a person who's really your, your friend will get in that trench with you and, and encourage you and, and be an accountability source, you know? So um, for me, it was really having the people in my life that I can be honest with. Um, and really, um, cause there was even buddies that like kind of hung around after I got clean. Um, not many, but there was a few that really had my back through the whole, through all of it. So they would, uh, champion the sobriety versus championing the getting, getting trashed every, every day. So, um, making the right changes is managing your environment and being really selective with who, um, you're spending your time with. I mean, biblically, it talks about if you lay down with the dogs, you pick up the fleas and you know, they, they, you know, the, by the world standard, it's the, the, the summation of the five people closest to you is going to equal who you become, you know? So if the greatest influences in your life are people who are encouraging you and pushing you forward and doing right and staying sober and pursuing your dreams and your calling, that's who, that's who you're going to begin the likeness of versus you spend all your time with the five closest dudes that are, you know, doing different things that are not encouraging you to do this, that are being an influence that is negative, you're going to eventually find yourself in a place you never intended to be. So who you're hanging out with and the environment in which you're in is the two greatest things and the amount of time that you're, um, that for me, like, I, I mean, it took me like two years to be able to go into a casual drinking situation just because I didn't trust myself. Mm. Now, if you, I mean, whoever is doing this knows themselves the best. And if you think you could, you know, get a couple months in, um, it still wouldn't be wise to go to a bar, but if you think you could handle it, then, but it's only, it's, I mean, I kind of illustrated this, how close to the edge of the grand Canyon do you want to get to, you know, there's like safety, um, the safety net of people or the safety net that's at the grand Canyon is to prevent people from falling off. Right. Like you don't want to try to get as close to the line as possible. Cause eventually if you hang out there, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. Um, and in this whole process of getting clean and sober, you will lose friends period. That's just the, the nature of the beast. You are going to lose friends that just want to use you for the party that you bring liquor that you, you know, you're going to, you start making changes like that. You're, you are, um, it's just a matter of fact that you will lose some friends in this process, but knowing that the choices you're making today to be a better person tomorrow, God will honor those that, that will um, essentially pour life back into yourself. And that first year of sobriety is very selfish because no one else is going to invest in you. It's your time to invest in yourself, to strengthen yourself, to build yourself up, 
to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, to give you the discernment to, hey, I probably shouldn't be at this place or be really in tune with what you're feeling and, and how you're thinking, because every action is preceded by a thought. So if you don't allow your, you, if you're not being discernful, you're not discerning of what's happening in your head and you're not catching the thought processes, if you're thinking about drinking or you're thinking about using, you're already under the influence neurologically of the substance without ever ingesting it. You know, it, it alters the way you think. So if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you and to be renewing the mind, you're not going to be winning the war long-term. You're going to just make momentary changes versus lifelong changes. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to work through your mind and to show you who to allow into your life and to really guard that. You know, your inner circle needs to be really guarded um, until you develop a core of people who've, who are going to build you up and encourage you in the process of life change versus, you know, taking away life, if that sure. all makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's I doable. <clears throat> I don't know what the, I mean, I, I'm not in that realm. I've never had a real mm -hmm. issue with it. I mean, even when I used to smoke cigarettes or dip, it would just be like a whatever thing. And if I yeah. didn't want to do it anymore, I just stopped. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I know it's not, it's, it's a completely different ball game if you're mm -hmm. like susceptible to addiction or whatever. So, yep. you know, and with alcohol too, that's the one drug that you, if, if with, if you are a stone cold alcoholic, and you're drinking like a fifth of vodka to get to work, like seek medical attention because that withdrawal will kill you if not done correctly, because yeah. it'll drop your blood pressure. It'll cause you to have a stroke. It'll like, you can grand mal seizure out. Your body becomes so dependent on the breakdown of the liquor that turns into sugar that if you need to have medical attention and medical, uh, guidance to get through that first couple weeks. Um, when I went into rehab, like they, they tested you. And if you said, Hey, I'm coming in here for, for alcohol. They, I mean, you had three checks with, um, to take your vitals, to check you and monitor you is like three times a day for the first, you know, 10 days that you were in treatment, if that was what you were coming in for, you know? So if you are struggling on to that degree, seek medical attention, there are withdrawal, there are, um, um, places that you can go just detox, like their community detoxes, you can check yourself into whether that's opiate, whether that's alcohol, whatever it is, seek medical attention. If you're, you know, you're worried about, um, you know, the health side of, of coming off and making those kind of changes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Boy. Cool. 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 Yeah, dude. So it's been a little while since we've been on here. So the last uh, the last podcast was was a good hit. We got some questions and uh, some uh, some awesome stuff. I mean, I was trying to get my uh, my beautiful bride to come on to this uh, episode, and she said, <laughs> "Nope, not gonna happen." So, uh, Fine. you know, she just basically shut me down. You know, she's in she's right on the other side of this camera, though. So if you you throw some shade. She'll hear you eventually. And before we get yeah. all the way started in the topic that we're talking about, um, if you are children, because my kids, I didn't unbeknownst to me um, up until recently, um, <laughs> they have somehow figured out how to get Spotify 
on wow. their tablets at their dad's house and listen to our podcast. So kids, Jaren and Aria, if you're going to listen to this, now's the time to turn off because I told you not to listen to this episode because it's not <laughs> child friendly. It's not child friendly. So, you know, we talked about marriage the last time around and <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, intimacy this time. I'm pretty excited about it because as a church, dude, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about intimacy, okay? Right. It's like so taboo in the world's eyes. Like the church shies away from a God-created mechanism and um, avenue and like this beautiful thing that he created to be explored in the marriage bed. So we're going to get into that today. I'm pretty excited about it, bro. I'm pretty excited about it. I think we need weird. to talk about it more as the church. Did you say I'm weird? Yeah, you're weird. <laughs> Whatever, bro. I am weird, but it's okay. My wife loves me and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and so just in case anyone is a little off put by two guys talking about this, this is just from our experience. So chill out. Yep. Just, 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 just okay. Re- relax. Just chill. Just relax. Because what we're going to talk about has applications to every single marriage, whether male or female, period. So um, take two guys that have been married for a little while. Um, my boy over there on the other side of the screen, much longer than myself, but you're listening to a guy who failed miserably the first time around in marriage. And now I've learned very hard lessons and I can apply them because the Holy spirit has brought revelation and healing to my failures and mistakes. And now I can talk about, um, on this side, on the side of redemption and freedom and grace that there are lessons to be learned in intimacy for everybody. Okay. No one has arrived at perfection, period. You can always be better at loving your wife. You can always be better at loving your husband, always be better at honoring, always be better at all the things. Okay. So two dudes talking about this and just glean what knowledge you can. And if not, write us in a comment, bro. So we have a, there's a question, right? Specifically, what does the question say? So I will. Mine's bright, dude. Dude, uh, my my little ring, you kind of have to turn down, turn up. So we, uh, it was, it wasn't kind of, it was more of a comment than a question, um, but I'll read bits and pieces of it here. Um, It's basically, he was touching on how him and his wife waited um, till marriage. Be as vague as possible. Yes, so they don't. So yes. they don't feel a hundred percent. So basically, it just had gotten boring. Um, I mean, they've got little kids, which that is a whole nother thing. If you have yeah. little children in your house, the intentionality required to keep the spark alive in the bedroom is even greater than having a ten or fifteen year old kid, right? Because they're kind of autonomous; they do their own thing. They you know, yeah. they do, they're, they're a little, but if you got little, little, little kids, like we do at home, we have to be very, very, very intentional. Um, it's basically just talking about, um, that whole, that whole is losing the spark. Um, and basically just their search for intimacy is what they were, is what he was talking about is life. It almost sounded like life had become so busy that intimacy it had been put on the back burner and we're just right off the bat going to talk about um if you waited till marriage to uh you know have have the goodies right to have sex 
um, a lot of times that we have talked about um, to even people that we've talked to and counseled through the years is they were like utterly let down by the whole process. Like this whole, this, this beautiful thing that God created was like such a letdown and so arduous and just really like was lackluster and, and had turned kind of boring. Right. Um, and to challenge that, I would say, and culturally we are force fed such, um, overly sexualized everything like the ads on tv sex yeah. what set what ads or what uh, stories sell on the on the news sex right um the huge like i mean look at the pornography industry man they're yep. they're making billions of dollars a year and now everyone's a porn star because only fans exist right like it's it's not this industrialized thing anymore it's become you can do it in your bedroom and post things on the internet and see things and and the internet age is really made is a huge detriment especially to the men so men listen what things did you explore through pornography or through um movies or whatever prior to consummating your marriage that then set up a false expectation of what marriage yeah. was supposed to be. So, you know, to this particular gentleman, you have to be very intentional to not let an unreal expectation, unattainable perfection or an unattainable expectation be the superseding standard in which you can never live up to in the theater of being husband and wife and being married, right? Like pornography has rewired men's brain in such a way that like the expectation is, is never met. And I mean, even on the, the female side, it creates this expectation that cannot be met because you're seeing something that is fabricated. That is yeah. made. You, it's a highlight reel of all these different maybe things that happen that we can see, but it's like this level of um, expectation that is so grandiose because it's fake that yeah. now you're trying to get your wife to live up to. Or well, the, even in your head too, you're not even like, yes. even, it's not even a conversation that you're having. It's more along the lines of, man, this is what I'm expecting. And it's not at that level. Yep. 100%. This isn't something that they mentioned, right? This isn't pornography. No, no, the, the, no, the no, no, no. Just, this is, it's like a generality, was, like yeah, a generality it. on on. I mean, even what I've experienced talking to young people mm. that got married yeah. very young, um, I just asked the dude straight up, like, "Hey, was there pornography involved prior to marriage?" Well, yeah, okay. okay. Then you have set yourself up with an unreal level of expectation mentally within yourself. Then that yeah, for sure, everything precedes that is is lackluster, right? Um, it's it's there's a huge detriment to the over sexualization of everything that is now bleeding over that we're seeing in marriages right and i would say if that is something that happened in this specific situation then definitely stop stop yep looking at pornography yep um stop watching i mean i don't know what level what level it's at you know if you're on social media and you're following individuals who are like who are women and they're not, they're, they're like fitness models or something like that. Yep. And you're expecting that level of whatever. Yep. Um, don't do that. Like 
remove them from your social media, delete your social media if you have to. Um, It's not a realistic expectation to have. The other big thing, so the children, the the little kids around is definitely going to impact your intimacy. That's, that's, that's just a fact, Um, but it doesn't have to be, yeah, it doesn't have to be consistent and there are ways around it. Um, you know, like do and like, I'm going to be a hypocrite here. Um, do a date night, right? We don't, we don't do it very often. Um, we haven't done it a lot, but we also have made time, you know, when we can to, you know, whatever. And so, so definitely consider that, um, if the, did they say that their family is close? They said, I, I assume they are because they had mentioned something about yeah all the kids are very young but the kid the family like they have family nearby i assume maybe they do not so that's the whole thing they do not have anyone nearby to walk through yeah um so and in this in this kind of instance um i can't remember what the there was a pod uh, not a podcast like a kind of like a men's group or channel or something at any rate kids go to bed shower time boom i mean that kind of takes care of some time right there make an actual effort yep and this and this also should be a conversation too like a hundred percent a conversation don't don't just expect stuff to happen have the conversation like hey you know what are we doing here what's you know why haven't we been intimate um, is everything okay? Is there something that I'm doing? Is there something that I could do? You know, just have the conversation. Like it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's your wife Yep. and <clears throat> just be vulnerable in that aspect and just have that conversation with your wife and say, what, you know, this is what I'm feeling. What can we do to kind of make it work? Right. It may, there yep. may be, self-esteem issues with her maybe so many maybe even some postpartum things going on three years you know three years after the fact or so it's still a possibility excuse me so have that conversation and just see you know because you may be in a position where you're getting a little frazzled with it and that's not good because then that's kind of when you may kind of look outside your marriage to fulfill whatever and you always want to make sure you're having open communication. And, um, and that's kind of from what I've seen where a lot of people kind of stray away and that's, you know, that's not okay. So just yep. take, take the time to have the conversation, see what the actual problem might be. Um, and if you're not actively in a church, then, yeah. then you should community. be, 100%. and then, and then maybe have a conversation in a group, join a small group, it may be something that comes up, um, meet with the pastor. If you feel comfortable yep. with that, it's okay to meet with a therapist too. A hundred percent, dude. There's no okay. stigma associated. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Definitely take the time to do that. Look it up. You yep. don't have to go anywhere. Nowadays you can just do it on FaceTime and, or, uh, Zoom yep. call at home yep. and have a conversation and, you know, just make, you know, let it, let it, let the information out there, let it, how you're feeling out there. <clears throat> because if, if you're feeling a certain way and your wife doesn't know how you feel, then there's no way that she's going to, even though women think they know how men feel and think and everything else, they know everything else. Mm -hmm. They don't. So 
Um, yep. A lot of men's love language is touch. And a lot of women's love language is not touch. So, so I mean, yeah. So the five, go get the book, the five love languages. If you don't already know, um, first of all, what your love languages are. And second of all, your wife. Okay. And the conversations need, they're going to be difficult and, and, and hard, but guess what? Maybe she's feeling the same type of way yeah. um, about the and same you guys subject. just don't know. And you guys don't know, or, Hey, I'm feeling this way. Okay. Well, I feel like this, but how come you feel like this? And being able to converse openly is the first step to building. Okay. Women, women speak womanish men speak mannish. Okay. It, it's like the same language, but dialect and some things mean different in other ways. Okay. Women in general, there is a tank. We I call it the love tank. Okay. And if I pirated this from anybody, don't sue me. Okay. For copyright. Okay. Um, it is, yeah, I call it the love tank. Okay. So like for me, my wife's tank is emotional. Okay. I can't expect to make a withdrawal from my wife in the form of sex. Okay. Without first depositing into the emotional well-being. <laughs> <laughs> in the emotional well-being of my wife okay there's been times where and as men we crave um that physical connection okay which is like what happens through a husband and wife when they have sex is there's it's the closest thing to becoming one flesh that god created this okay this is a system that god designed this isn't like this is just something the world has corrupted and if taken out of context of what God mm -hmm. designed, I mean, why do you think the nerve endings are where the nerve endings are? Okay. Pleasure is pleasure. And it's created to be um, used between husband and wife as an act of spiritual warfare. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But I can't expect that out of my beautiful wife. If I haven't invested in her emotional well-being, if I haven't gone out of my way, Hey babe, and had the conversations, babe, how are you? Hey babe, I made you this coffee. Hey, what do you need? Is there something I can help you with? I know you're overloaded with the things that require in the house. Okay. What can I help you do today to take something off your plate? Okay. That's an investment. So women are emotional beings. Men are not. We have waffle brains where we can compartmentalize one little bitty thing. And then we take that nice and neatly off the shelf and we open that box and we process what's in there and we fold the box back up and put it back on the shelf. Okay. Mm -hmm. A women's brain is not like that. It is a giant ball of spaghetti and you take one noodle and you pull it. It's going to make the whole thing. There's a reaction inside the rest of the bowl of pasta. Okay. That is how a woman thinks. So if we're coming in just wanting sex, okay, without making the investment in the love tank of your wife, that is going to be met with a stone wall, or I have a headache, or I'm tired, okay? Their willingness to have sex with you men is, is proportionately tied to the amount you have invested in the spiritual and physical and emotional side of your wife, okay? So you need to do that. And the first thing you can do is having the conversation of how, how, how can I speak love to you in such a way that I am invested? What can I take off your plate? Because if you get home and you take some stuff off her plate and that bandwidth now is freed up, guess what? At eight o'clock, nine o'clock tonight, she has bandwidth left. There's something left for you. 
That's because you've done your job and got off your ace and helped your wife do all the things that help, that are required to make the home run, okay? Because oftentimes women work a full-time job, okay? They come home, they're full-time mom, then they come home and they're a full-time wife, and all these things require an incredible amount of effort and intentionality. So by the end of the day, if your woman is tired, guess what? She's spent her entire day burning three candles at the same time and trying to make sure all these plates don't come crashing to the ground. Yeah. And now we now we expect sex? Boy, you lost your mind. You, lost you, your mind. you might as well take your right hand and slap yourself in the face with it. It's not going to happen. Ain't going to happen. And, now on the others, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, um, and none of none, none of this information is gonna be available unless you're having a conversation. And one hundred percent, it's very it, like I said, it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have. But you're married, like your wife is your number one, and you should yep. be making the active pursuit, <clears throat> just like just like yep. Jesus, like you're making that active pursuit, actively pursue your wife. If, yep. if you know that she, you know, is having a, like a rough day or something like that, then take care of something like, yep. Bring home some flowers. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, flowers, dude. whatever, whatever, it what, is. however your wife, and that's, it's not a blanket statement. Okay. Having, it's like once you, okay, you dated your wife, you, okay. You courted your wife, you dated your wife, you engaged your wife and then you married her. Okay. Why haven't we stopped learning and getting to know and studying the woman that now has our ring on her finger? Okay. Get to know what, how she receives love, how she perceives, whether your, your, your woman is um, acts of service or your man is acts of service. So it, so say, I mean, cause my wife, thank God that we both have the same, I mean, I'm kind of complicated. I have all the different types of the love languages happening all at the same time. I'm complicated, shocking. Um, hers is physical touch and quality yeah. time. Okay. Physical touch and quality time. So if I come home and I'm cleaning the house and I'm doing these things and I'm going and doing acts of service, she's going to look at me and be like, yeah, douche. Like that's what needs to happen with to make the house go. I'm, you're not doing me a favor, folding your laundry. You're not doing me a favor, washing the dishes. Like that does not speak love to her. So as a man, if that's my love language and I'm expressing my love language and it's met in such a way that she's not receiving it, there's going to be a frustration. I'm showing you that I love you through this. You don't receive it. Now, if you're not having that conversation, you're never going to know. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to get angry on the same side. So is your wife. Now, if I realize, oh crap, she's quality time. I, that's my last love language. I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I learn how to give quality time in such a way that speaks love to my wife. And that investment of giving love in the way she receives it is going to work out for you beneficially physically. Okay. They're all tied. It's one giant organism that move. It's this evolving thing that you have to learn how your wife does and receives love. And that's the first step. So if you're not having that conversation beforehand, you're already you you're already behind the eight ball. You you've already missed the shot. Like you're you're at a deficit already. So have the hard conversations because hard conversations in your marriage is really an emotional investment. 
So it's going to be uncomfortable. There might be some tears. There might be some frustrations, but guess what? Nothing that's brought into the light, God can't use. Okay. What you're trying to hold on to and keep in the closet, God's not going to use. There, they, what's hidden in darkness remains darkness, but what, what darkness is brought to the light, it becomes light. The help in the relationship is an open avenue of communication. So if you're thinking intimacy in your marriage, you better be thinking connection in, in communication with your wife. Those two go hand in hand. If you're not communicating, there's sure as heck not going to be happening if, if you're going to get the cookie at the end of the night. Okay. That's just, or in the middle of the day, if you got baby kids and nap time, bro, I know, I know you're not a marathon man. Okay. Take the couple minutes in the middle of the day and, and bang it out. Okay. Make it work for your family. However, the dynamic looks as a man, as a man, first, you have to learn your wife in such a way that she's and living in such a way as an example of Jesus that she has no problem submitting to. And you're that example of who Christ is and you love her the way Christ loves the church. It's a natural expression of the intimacy is going to begin to flow because you filled her love tank and now she wants to fill yours. It's a symbiotic relationship. Okay. That's how circle love life. Okay. Like <laughs> we just got to do it, man. And those conversations suck to have at first. But if you're not having those conversations, it's a matter of time before the underbelly of your marriage begins to get rotted. And yeah. to prevent that from happening, or if you're there already, go seek professional help. Two knuckleheads on a podcast are not going to be the end all be all where they can coach you through the difficult parts of marriage. There is no stigma related to a therapist, to a, a counselor, a marriage coach. There's people who specifically uh, specialize in marriage. Go find mm. one. And if not, tell me what city you live in and I'll find one for you. And I'll cross-reference his references and I'll get you guys all squared up, okay? Like yeah. we're here on this podcast to help men and women think a little bit differently. But if you're and when the when the rubber hits the road, if you're struggling to find something like that, reach out to us. We'll find one. I'll put my best woman on it. She's like a bulldog when it comes to investigation. She's going to find you the best uh, counselor on in the whole city you live in, okay? Christian-based, faith-based counselor. Because this whole thing doesn't, you miss the mark if you're not keeping Jesus in the center of this whole thing. Because yeah. sex is an act of worship to the Heavenly Father. Because he created Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Triune, three in one. Sex is that, dude. It's an it's an it's a way to deeply honor your wife or your husband and to honor God and using it as a tool to attack the the, the kingdom of darkness. That's gonna get a whole nother thing. Let's take a quick break. Take <laughs> break. On. Yes. Take a break. I got all excited. <laughs> Recording in progress. You know, we got to say that every time. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, this next portion I'm pretty excited for. I'm going to keep going with intimacy. You know what I'm saying? I wonder so if it's on, is it your mic type or microphone? It's recording through your headset. Oh, time out. Okay. Okay, okay. That's right. 
So it sounds funny, everybody. Sorry. Yeah. Zoom, so Zoom, silly. Silly Zoom. Silly, silly computer. But yeah, man. So this, uh, oh yeah, I got a this whole uh, this whole intim- this whole intimacy topic, bro. Gets me kind of it lights a fire under my butt. Okay, that's like why. Are we not talking about this as dudes of the church, bro? We need it needs to be yeah. a conversation. It's like the church has strayed so far away from the topic of sex because it's been so exploited in the world, right? But Jesus made it, dude. God made this thing. And it's gonna yeah. it, it's invested in in the your your spouse's emotional well-being is going to outflow and an intimacy reaction. Okay. Like, I mean, okay. We talked about briefly before how, you know, the act of sex can be used as a, uh, as a form of spiritual warfare, you know, back, uh, uh, you know, over a year ago when we got into some, uh, some stuff, I was going through some stuff and it directly affected my wife. We really made a sacrificial decision to, um, continue intimacy to reestablish an emotional connection and a, and a, and a soul connection um, together. So husband and wives that are struggling because men crave that, uh, that connection on um, that's like how men, a husband and wife, like in that relationship, how we crave connection with our wife is through, through sex. Right. Um, and sometimes women are like, well, you know, like I haven't been invested in. So, I mean, I don't hold it against them, but they're like, I'm not, you're not going to get the cookie because that's like an outpouring of being invested in. And I don't feel invested in. So it's like this stalemate that we're like in what Christian, you know, couples get into is using that as like, uh, as sex is like a, well, if I don't get my way, I'm going to withhold it. Or if this something, I'm going to withhold it where Mm -hmm. that is never supposed to be used as a tool of retribution. Okay. Sex is supposed to be an outflowing form of love together that honors God, but also draws husband and wife as close as they will ever be on, on earth. Okay. One become, you know, becoming one flesh is what it's talking about. Um, so when we just recently, I was like, babe, like it was, she was going through some, some, like she was overwhelmed emotionally. She was not feeling invested in. And like, I craved that, that sex. And once we had a conversation about what that does in me and to her, she was like, what well, makes total sense. Even if um, we are not on this in the same like lockstep pattern. If I say, babe, I need connection with you. It sets all the junk aside. And we will come together and be intimate with the soul connection with the, or the soul intention of establishing a connection. And then that, from that will breed the the conversations that draw intimacy and in, not just, you know, physically through sex, but spiritually and emotionally, um, mm-hmm. men pray, pray for your wife every single day. I pray with my wife every single day before bedtime. Like, I mean, even down to the fact that like, she falls asleep all the time mid prayer. Like that's her, you know, she's a 10, but she falls asleep during prayer. Okay. Um, it happens all the time, bro. Um, but I keep doing it, bro. Cause that's a privilege as the man of the house that I get to pray prayers of protection and honor. And just thank you, Jesus, for this woman, for my children, for my home, for what you're blessed with. So that all comes down to spiritual intimacy, but physical intimacy, the nitty gritty of it is if you're investing in the emotional well-being of your wife, 
outflows the physical form of sex. Okay. Now, men, once you get there to the physical form of sex, it is not about you. Okay. Let me say that one more time. It is not about you, gentlemen. Now, if your sole purpose is to get your wife there all the way multiple times, She's going to want to come back for more. It's going to be pleasurable. How many times do men just think, you know, oh, we're having sex. I go. I mean, it's she must have gone. It takes a woman on average 30 minutes to reach orgasm. Okay. That's a long time. That's a long time. So that means there's buildup. There mean there's this the whole it's a whole process, dude. Like of investing in your wife throughout the day, priming that tank. You're already um, stimulating the mind. You're already setting up the the um, the foundation and framework for the intimate side of a husband and wife relationship. Okay, men, if you're focused on on the sole purpose of giving to your wife. Women are naturally givers. They're going to give back to you. It all works together. So men, take some time in investing in the anatomy of a woman, okay? Do some research. Men's Health Magazine has articles all over, okay? Do your research. If you're having a, I mean, even it out having a conversation with your wife saying, how, like, when we have sex, do you go? Like, how, what would you rate your level of orgasm, right? Because as a man, as men, we need to be, our, our heart is to be um, more proficient at it, to do that more excellently, to do the things, um, to do the things physically that constitute and, and prime that as we become more efficient at doing that at offering pleasure to our wife, the more she's going to want to come back for more. Okay. It's not about the men. Like men, we're kind of Neanderthal in that, right? Like you do the certain act, like you stimulate a certain part of the body enough. A man is going to go regardless. It could be a freaking sheet. Okay. Like we're, we're, we're archaic in that regard. Whereas a woman takes mental stimulation, it takes physical stimulation. You need to get to know what makes your wife tick and how, and those are the conversations of man, how, how could I have done that better? How could I do this better? How could I honor you more? How could I do this? Do that? Like those conversations should be, you should be having as husband and wife, because how could you get better at something? If you're not asking the questions of where was I lacking? What could I be doing better, been doing better in, and this forum, this, you create this forum of, of exploring sexuality with your wife or with your husband, right? That's where the, the beauty of it is, man, is, is, you know, Christian, you know, Christian intimacy, boring, right? Like it doesn't have to be, it can mm. be as awesome and off the wall and crazy as you want it to be. You can have a safe word. Okay. If you get, you're into that stuff, have a safe word. Okay. <laughs> Create one, whatever, dude, as long as it's honoring God with your wife. The world yeah. has corrupted the beauty and freedom of exploring sexuality with your wife. Cause y'all might be some off the wall nut jobs, bro. And that's it. I make, that's it. Awesome. Have a padded yeah. room, whatever. It's all good. Get out. Get, it's all... Mm. Never mind. <laughs> excellent. Excellent restraint. Never mind. <laughs> Dude, I was say, put some jujitsu mats on the wall, bro. A hundred percent. Bro. If you want to get a swing, get a swing, <clears throat> whatever. 
Get, you can get as weird or not weird as you want to be, but it all comes down to establishing a line of what's comfortable to your partner and operating within those boundaries. Yeah. There's nothing off limits. If you guys want to do some funky stuff, go for it. Do something different. Where the communication comes in. 100%. You can't just go off the wall and decide, hey, I'm going to put homegirl in a swing <laughs> without ever having a conversation with your wife, bro. It's going to turn. She's probably going to run away and be like, oh, what the heck is wrong with something? Is oh, There is something wrong with my husband now. Yep. Conversation. Communication. You guys are the freedom to act and do however you want it to pour out in the marriage bedroom. It says it's undefiled. Okay. I even heard um, a, a, uh, I don't know who it was. It was like, a, I think it was like a marriage podcast that was talking about um, intimacy between a husband and wife. Okay. She mm. was like, if you guys want to, if you have established a boundary, this is a line that we are not willing to cross. Everything underneath that is fair game because everything underneath that you guys can use as form of honor to your husband and your wife and to honor to God. How doesn't, so like we stigmatize like, all the things, right? Like Christian intimacy is operating within this 1950s style box where it doesn't have to be. Right. Okay. Yeah. It can be however ridiculous and crazy y'all want to get. If you guys mutually agree upon that, there's there's no there's no hole or orifice that's off limits. If you guys agree to it, okay, in the marriage bedroom. Why are we not talking about this keep, in the church? Why do you keep looking over to make sure? So she's red as this freaking as the Christmas decorations, bro. <laughs> Next level, like so uncomfortable. And it makes me, um, mm. it makes hilarious. me, there's some sort of joy that I bring about making her so genuinely uncomfortable right now. But like, she's, she just like gave me the, uh, now she's got her head buried in her hand. So listeners, you're welcome. Uh, this is what we do. But for women, um, my wife went through a study a few years ago. It was called, the sexually confident wife. And dude, the conversation that these ladies were having, it's like a little Bible study, but it doesn't have to be. You can get the book on Amazon, send it to your freaking doorstep and read it. And it teaches a woman how to embrace the sexuality that's innately in her. Okay. My wife rarely got arrested for speeding, which she should have all the time because she was cute prior to Jesus, right? Like she, she, that a woman has the ability to, and the, in the essence of sexuality, and it teaches her how to honor her husband and do it in such a way that embraces the sexuality that God placed inside a woman, but for the benefit of her husband and husbands, guess what? You have to invest in that in order to, to, uh, make withdrawals out of that. There, it's this you invested the emotional, spiritual, and and, and uh, um, emotional, spiritual, and um, physical well being of your wife. She is going to naturally, that essence of sexuality will naturally come out towards you, but it's not going to come out if you're not intentional at drawing it out. Okay. Mm. Because life gets in the way, kids get in the way. D Said so if you, as ridiculous as it sounds, until it becomes part of your life, count, put a calendar moment. I was going to say, Schedule calendar it. yeah schedule it dude a scheduling uh sacrifice bro this this day at this time this is what happens until it becomes a natural outflowing because guess what this whole oh it takes 21 days to create a new habit no it doesn't okay that no. starts the beginning of it they say six months to a year then it becomes a neurological pathway in your brain okay if that's how long it takes freaking do it get spicy with it but it doesn't have to be boring
You're yeah, stop. and have the conversation. Yes, because you never this, know. You might kind of stems. Yeah, this all stems down to the a question that we can't that we got, and the main point of this is. <clears throat> Don't be ashamed of having this conversation with your love, with your spouse. Like there's yep. no, regardless of who it is, whether it's the wife or if it's the husband, there's no, there's to be no sameness. There's no shame, right? Your, yep. your husband or your wife, they are here. They are your number one mm-hmm. period. And yep. there shouldn't be anything that you can't talk about. Yeah, it's going to yep. be uncomfortable if you've never talked about it before. Yep. But the whole purpose of everything is to because what's going to happen is that right now if your intimacy is 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 lacking because of your children, then once your children are out of the house, what's going to happen? Yep. You're you're going to be what? Now yep. you're going to be like obligated to be intimate, which is not even okay. No. You need to make sure that you're having that communication, constantly communicating with whatever you're feeling. Like you, you mm-hmm. have to talk about everything because what happens is that those, those, the animosity can build up and then you resent the other person and vice versa because you decided not to have the conversation. Yep. And all you got to do is say, Hey, um, like this is the way that I'm feeling. And, what's up yep and uh yep. you know are you okay you know whatever, whatever it is have have yep. a conversation about it have the conversation and have that it's an open ongoing dialogue it's not like one conversation and you're done like set out to say hey okay if you know whatever partner's feeling kind of like meh like hey let's try one thing one time and if it's great awesome we're going to keep doing it but that like it that um that playful exploration will go leaps and bounds in a marriage relationship like it's not confined to one way every time it doesn't have to be like that but men you can't expect it to be an open open field day without having the conversations first and investing initially you know there will always be return on investment the more you invest in your wife the more willingness and the the level of safety she feels is going to be how willing she is going to, to be exploring with you and start exploring, read some books. There's dudes that are published there that are, that are way more. This is their world view. This is, this is how they think. This is what they specialize in is sex. Okay. Like get, it's not taboo to read literature on how to be better at pleasing your wife. Now you got to be careful if you're, your propensity is uh, pornography. Stop bringing an expectation that is unreal into the marriage bedroom because it's going to fail every time. And the more you fail in your own head every time, the more it's going to perpetuate the cycle of failure. And then all of a sudden you're in your head every time your pants come off and it's not fun for anybody. So if you're there, talk to someone, get a marriage counseling, a therapist. Those people are paid to, to guide you through those times like that, but build up the for both men and women build up that level of 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 feeling of safety within the marriage and security in the marriage then that freedom to explore flows right out of that yeah there's some there's some things i told my wife that i was going to say that i'm not going to say because she's already like oh my god i'm going to kill you once recording stops right here so it's going to be good but uh 
study, study, dude, study how your wife reacts. Okay. There was like, I still do like, I'm like, and I won't even like, I'll just try something slightly different. And if her body reacts in such a way, then that's awesome. And now I know that her body just spoke to me saying, yes, she liked that. Explore with your wife, wives, explore with your husband, get to know the ins and outs. And then that's the foundation you can build on and go forward. in. it's amazing. It doesn't have to stop at just meh. It can be incredible. By all stretches, you know, by all statistical, I mean, I don't even know what the, 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 the average husband and wife have sex like four times a month or something like that. Why? Why though? This, I'm going to say the, the, the average of sex, the average of sex in a marriage. Hold on. Oh, she found it already. Here we go. Yo, okay, so 25 people had sex once a week. So 25%. 25% had sex once a week. 16% had sex two or three times a week. 5% had sex four to five times per week. And 17% had sex once a month. Why, bro? Like, it happens. It happens. But I challenge that. I challenge that in, I mean, obviously sex drive, I mean, physical stuff, whatever. And so if you were the math in an entire year, married couples do it an average of 58 to 68 times, according to studies uh, a year. Okay. That's, that's something. I mean, I think we beat that in a week. <laughs> like, honestly, like that's the beauty of marriage, bro. Like, it doesn't have to be stagnant. It doesn't have to be same. It doesn't have to be vanilla. Okay. It, the freedom to explore the marriage bedroom is up to the two people that are in the marriage and it takes cultivating and growing and all the things. It's a, it's an amazing thing that God created to be explored inside the marriage bedroom. It's amazing. I could talk about this all day. Just for the sole fact that men need to hear it. We need to be talking about that in the church more often. Because this is a side that we've shied away from. I don't think I've ever heard in a men's Bible study um, or from a pulpit talking about the blessing that is sex in the marriage bedroom. Yeah. We just don't talk about it. And because we don't talk about it, it perpetuates the idea that it's somehow taboo or somehow not supposed to be talked about or explored which perpetuates the Christian intimacy is boring. Invest. Yeah. In and your... I would probably be willing to bet that um, if it was a more constant discussion, that the divorce rate would probably decrease significantly. I, I would say that's probably accurate. <clears throat> Not to mention the whole lack of Jesus in the marriage. That yes. obviously it will be, would be a big impact as well. Yep. 100%. It is 100%, man. So again, guys, if you have any more questions about the craziness that we'd be talking about, reach out to us, God, Guns, and Family Podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, God, Guns, and Family Podcast. I'm um, dude, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation. It's like a dialogue. 
Um, it'd be awesome, man. Like there's so many things, um, that we have yet to learn and to master and to per, per, you know, to, to progress in. It's just two dudes that are having a conversation that love Jesus, man. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, I got to go get this beautiful head cut here pretty soon, but it's really just, yeah, you need to get my, a haircut. Your hair is too crazy long on the top it, of your head. It's too crazy. It's too crazy long. Uh, Mike threw me under the bus yesterday about what am I getting the haircut for? Whatever. But we got that coming up. So reach out to us, guys. We're so grateful that you guys tune into us every uh, every podcast, every episode. And we're going to continue to do this. We're going to be uh, more intentional um, going forward about these are the days that we're going to release. We're going to make, we're just going to make some, we're going to make some moves in 2024. I'm pretty excited about. So um, let's pray real quick. We're, then we'll just get out of here, bro. So I can go cut the top of my head, bro. You know? Jesus, we just thank you. We love you. We honor you, Jesus. And what a privilege it is to to talk about topics that um, sometimes just we stray away from, Lord. So we just pray, God, to everyone that's listening, um, that is uh, that hears this, Lord, that um, you just speak to them in their marriage, Father. That you give them both sides, Father, the ability to um, offer grace to offer mercy to one another, Lord, but to explore the, the whole idea that intimacy, uh, is, is first comes from you father. And is a way to be, to, to be used as, as, um, as a tool for spiritual warfare and to grow each one of the people that hear this together closer, Lord, with the freedom to explore Lord. So we just thank you, father God, for your grace, for your repentance, for your forgiveness. And Lord, we just surrender this whole thing to you say, have your way in us, through us and in us and use us however you uh, see fit to use us. And it'll all be for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Have a good one. Bye. Uh, Bye.